3: Good morning, Cherries fans, and welcome to this latest edition here uh, up the Cherries of, in all departments of cherry picking. There we go. So we have got to the right of me, Matt Harrison. He is in his pink goalkeeper shirt from a couple of seasons ago.
4: Lovely. And
3: uh, I'll tell you what, it is a nice shirt, there, isn't it? It is not yeah. it
4: a nice shirt. Yeah. Yeah. But don't forget, we have got the uh, shirt show coming up in late July.
3: We certainly do. We certainly do. So hit the subscribe button and you'll be reminded of that. Or if you're what, listening to us on the Talk Sport Fan Network, um, that means we're in, on Spotify, Apple Music, you name it. Go to the YouTube channel, subscribe there as well, and you will see the shirt show um, which will be done over a number of weeks as well so that is something to look forward to but we can't leave him out below me we have got Manny
1: how are you doing Manny all good all good all good thank you and all I can say is with regard to Matt it takes a real man he's pulling off pink. perfectly Yep. <laughs> thank you I knew you'd, I knew you'd like it I think it's a
3: nice shirt. In fact, I've got you know. It's it's not the same thing. I haven't actually got that goalkeeper shirt, but I have got a Ralph Lauren. Not many um, people
4: have got this goalkeeper shirt. shirt because they didn't sell it in the club shop.
3: No, very true. Very true. It's a it's a nice one. It's a nice one. It's called connections. Exactly, mate. Exactly. <laughs> or spending lots of money to actually get shirts. <laughs> rare. Not this one, mate.
4: This is penny. <laughs>
3: I like it mate I like it see vintage you know something that you'll never see anywhere else Um, so of course the season is now over Um, we did end on a 1-0 defeat to Everton at Goodison Park Um, bit gutting at the end um, to be fair we've ended on a run of four straight losses but, you know, the season, there's a lot to be happy with as well, isn't there?
4: Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, just touching on the Everton game, I found that a little bit painful to watch. As you uh, recall, I was watching it with my eyes shut and through my fingers, partly because I wanted us just to grab a goal just to keep Leicester up, really. I'd like to have seen Leicester stay up, but, um, you know... Fate is in their own hands and they had 38 games to stay up and you can't always rely just on one game in football, can you? So, um But yeah, overall, mission accomplished. Yep, yeah, definitely. And
3: Manny, of course, you was watching on um, of that relegation battle. Um, Leeds were out of it quite quickly, but the other two stayed quite active until the very, very end. Do you feel that... Uh, the 40,000 scousers at Goodison Park just got them across the line.
1: Never underestimate the power of the fans of a big club, especially a big club in dire straits. I would say they did. Now, I remember speaking to you on the uh, free for, uh, on the other show we did on Monday <clears> about <throat> how you know they had to um, do whatever they could do to try to help their team. I'm one of those people, Craig, who doesn't really appreciate any kind of abuse of um, players, though, and um, I would definitely say that. Um, I mean, I don't really, I, I can't say I really knew what happened because I only saw myself the last few minutes because um, they had to obviously, um, di- uh, you know, divert action to Goodison that day because it was um, that pivotal a game. And uh, me, I was just concentrating really on the football because I think I was. Uh, doing a watch along. So I had to keep the telly on mute. I couldn't really hear anything (laughs) and uh, more fool me, I would imagine. Um, I only hope that, um, you know, the Everton fans sort of come to a personal reckoning because we've, the narrative of those fans is pretty much that, you know, big clubs should not be celebrating just staying up the way they did with flares being lit and everyone coming onto the field like that. I'm sorry, but I don't even think teams um, have done that in the past, even when they won the Premiership title or the league title back in the day. Maybe they did, but then obviously police would have to clamp down on things like that for um, reasons related to player and fan safety. So maybe the Everton fans are going to have to sort themselves out, sort out their emotions, and we will see how they do next season. And a lot's going to be hinging on you know, the board and what they do, if no changes are made, then Everton are going to be going through the same cycle all over again. And if they do end up uh, getting relegated, I shudder to think how those fans are going to take it. And you could see um, with the Leicester and Leeds fans, several of them met many of them were, you know, defiantly saying, uh, saying, we're going to come back up. We're going to come back up. But the anger that they felt was the more um, defining, um, you know, emotion. And I think um Everton fans, if they're not careful if they don't learn from this, they could end up starting to feel very angry and let's remember, hell hath no fury like a fan of a big team that gets relegated Well said yep yeah.
3: well um of course earlier on in the season, Everton um there was those horrible scenes, wasn't there, where they were chasing players' cars through the street. Um, I know Anthony Gordon, I think that was one of the reasons why he left to go to Newcastle, wasn't it?
1: Matt, maybe you could take this one. I think, um, I mean, obviously, I knew, knew personally that there was some talk about him leaving because he didn't want to be stuck, um, in that cycle at Everton. But if, um, I mean, news like this is certainly, um, I mean, to me, it sort of, uh, makes a decision, um, the right one, the only one, why should he stay there and be a part of that crossfire?
4: Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, fans are allowed to have their opinion and, and, and you do that in the stands. I I don't really agree with fans, you know, approaching players in that kind of manner. Um, if, if I had been him, um, No matter how much I loved the club or or was fond of the club, I think that would drive me away. Um, You know, we pay money to go into the stadiums, so we're entitled to have our say, um, but not to act like that. Um, And I think what what Manny was saying and and yourself, I think that was the, the, the driving point that made him seek the transfer out there um and you can't blame the guy really can you plus not only that he's he's, he's signed for a very very good project mm-hmm. um which is uh now got european champions league football so um you know rather than scrapping at the bottom he's now going to be playing in the elite league next season so yeah you know it, in terms of of anthony gordon himself um if you know they've done him a favor in some respect, no,
3: I? exactly
4: I from exactly. the other angle, but um, yeah, it's um, Floyd was there on Sunday, um, he mm-hmm. went up, um, and he said to me that the, the atmosphere in there from the home fans was absolutely electric. So, like Manny was saying, they, they definitely. Definitely gave them a hand get get across that finishing line. They were definitely their 12th man. Um, were Bournemouth at their best? No. Um, would, could Bournemouth have still beaten them if we were at our best? We probably could have got something out of the game, um, which could have been a whole different story. But obviously, it is what it is, and that's where we're at.
3: Yeah, most definitely. But we've had a good season, and let's be fair, Gary O'Neill deserve a, deserves a lot of plaudits for what he's done. What would you say, Matt, are the you know, high and the low points for
4: us this season?
2: Um,
4: It's all scattered about, isn't it? Yeah. I uh, go right back to the very, very first game against Villa.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: You know, did we expect to beat Villa that day? No. I don't think so. But we were quietly confident. And, you know, so for me, picking up that first win on the first day is a high point, Um, a low point. Scott Parker conducted himself in the way he did in terms of how he was publicly going against the club and its players. Um, That's a low point, um, because as we all know, it wasn't the results that cost him his job. No, no. And I, 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 I believe that um, Bournemouth's never really been a sacking club. Um, and I think, you know, the club would have been still backing him even after that 9-0 if he was fully behind the club and fully behind its playing squad. So that's a low. Um, then you look at a high Gary O'Neill comes in and goes on a six-game unbeaten run. Mm-hmm. That's a high yeah. point. You know, and the high uh, and part of that high point is him making the decision to start playing Neto. It was a big decision. So first game he makes a big decision, first game comes out with a clean sheet after a nine-nil defeat, after having your previous manager slate the players. Mm-hmm. You know, so he's picked up a squad that weren't bad in ability but down in confidence. Yeah. Managed to switch him around. So that's a high point. I mean the low, a low, big low point. I would say was probably after the World Cup. Um,
2: yeah,
4: and uh, like I think we said, and uh, I think I vaguely remember saying, you know, we never do well after a big break. We sometimes don't do well, or normally don't do well after an international break. So, you know, we kind of had our rhythm built up again. Um, we we mm-hmm. hit a little bit, and then we had those two wins against Everton. Um and I reckon if the season hadn't stopped there, we might not have had such the such of the mid season lull as we did. Um Spurs winning at Spurs, yeah. what a high. Um, you know, no matter how Spurs have been playing this season, they're still class players. And for us to go up there and perform the way we did, um it's something that will live long in that memory. Um, And it's definitely a highlight of this season. Um, Beating Liverpool at home, that's a high. wasn't a great game of football. um, And Liverpool didn't take their chances. But, you know, a big win. You know, big three points on on the board. Um, The biggest disappointment for me was... I say the biggest disappointment, but a big disappointment for me is getting 39 points on that board and kind of pulling out the deck chairs. Yeah. Um, Job was done. Yeah, absolutely. But I still think with that run of fixtures that we did have those last four games, I still think there was points there. And that's that's the disappointing thing, that we couldn't finish with a few extra points on the board. But overall, if you look at it, like I say, we've stayed up. Objective was to stay up. And uh, no matter whether we finish 17th or 15th or 14th or 16th, wherever that's job complete.
3: I completely agree with you on that last point, That you know, 39 points. We knew we were safe at that point. Um, you know, we knew that it would have taken some turnaround for us to go down. Um, you know, it wasn't mathematical, but it was that close Um, and of course, one thing that come into that, and one thing I did mention straight after was, believe it or not, we could get the points record that Eddie achieved, which you know, was achieved when we finished ninth that season. And that would have been a great achievement in Gary O'Neill's first season, um, to actually have matched that even match it. That would be great, or even get close to it would have been amazing. Yeah, to be fair, we just took our foot off the gas
4: a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and now it looks like we're gonna have an interesting transfer window. Yeah, um, I think you know, overall, you know, and also with the, you know, we've also had a sale of, of the club in that middle mm-hmm. of all that as well. Yeah. Um the club's in very good hands. Mm-hmm. I think Bill Foley has been very clever in the people that he has brought into the club like Jim and um, the uh, head of uh, what's he? Fravola. Yeah. Um yeah Jim Fr- say his name again <laughs> Frivola <laughs> Jim Frivola me in, these, in these uh exotic names I can never <laughs> pronounce them. that's why I was getting used to it. But yeah, he's come in um and you know I think respects the club for what the club is and his people haven't wanted to change the club completely from top to bottom, you know. That you know, the old saying, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Um you know, they've got confidence, obviously, in, in the personnel that has remained at the club. You know, Neil Blake, um, yeah. Richard Hughes, both have had their criticism over the time, sometimes justified, more than often not. Um, so they've kept those people on board because they know the football club. They know the Premier League,
2: mm-hmm.
4: you know, and... Um, So that as well, you know, all of that chucked in into the middle um, has has, has made the season quite eventful. But now it's a real exciting future.
3: And I guess with everything, um, you know, and especially when there has been so many changes at the board level, Manny, um, there's going to be a lot of outgoings and there might be a little bit of an identity switch now, considering that we want to get to the next level, don't we, really?
1: Yeah, it is um, what you said over there, the identity switch. That is going to be key because um, a lot of the big teams, Craig, often um, every year try to look at their playing staff and try to move people on. City do it practically every year. They move on uh, players who they believe um, no longer can quite – serve the purpose or fulfil the demands that the club puts on them and then, you know, allows them to leave for pastures new. And it seems that Bournemouth might be doing the same thing. I wouldn't necessarily go so far to call it an identity change because, yes, we've got um, several players leaving, including one whose um, departure is obviously very saddening and heartbreaking for you, Pete, for you guys. And then at least a couple more who um, were probably, you know, seeing their influence wane a little bit. But there is still more or less that core. And, of course, on the flip side, you've signed Neto to a three-year deal and you've made it clear that this is where his future will lie and he might end up um, retiring over here, um, hopefully. And um, as long as there are the uh, core players who are going to continue to um, do as well as they can, subject, of course, to um, performance review every season, I wouldn't go so far necessarily to call it an identity crisis. There might be some really um t- big servants who serve the club over the years. I think um you know Stanislas is one person who could end up uh, leaving, but again, um a friend of mine always says the club is the star, and the players who come and play just um play and perform their roles. They leave their impact, and then um you know they just uh, walk away. And it's a part, it's also a part of life that sometimes you won't even get the um. Um, to get a chance to say goodbye or a farewell, you want. Take a look at Ashley Young. Two yep. spells with Aston Villa, 250 league appearances. Um, certainly played a big, big role this season when Matty Cash got injured. He never got a chance to make an appearance um, against Brighton. And I don't even know if he said um, goodbye to the fans, although maybe away from the fans, he knew that um, he wasn't going to be offered that new deal. It's a cutthroat business. And. Uh, you know, I wouldn't go so far to say it's an identity change because even those teams who refresh themselves will do be- do well to retain that certain core. At Arsenal, I mean, if we were to sell someone like a Bukayo Saka or Gabriel Martinelli or maybe um, a Martin Odegaard, there is talk of PSG coming in for him, mm-hmm. then you could say potentially that um, there is a bit of an identity change because we're losing some of the Hale-End boys who've uh, come through and uh, made their mark with us. But um, again, sometimes clubs have to do the right thing to, um, you know, earn success because everything moves on. Nothing stays constant forever. Yeah, completely.
3: Well, that is really the impetus of this episode of Cherry Picking. And I think what we should do is look at somebody who has been incredibly instrumental over the past 20 years um who is leaving the club his own decision mind but um it's this man here joe roach so do you want to take it away matt
4: i can do um go for it mate let's go for it mr joe roach um So outgoing head of player progression, Joe Roach, first joined ASC Bournemouth in 2001 as youth team manager. And over his two decades of service has laid the foundations for the academy, which is about to earn grade two status. And Roach has brought many players through the youth system, some which have gone on to play at the highest level of the game. Uh, Brett Pittman, Sam Vokes and Bailey Cargill are just a few of the names that Joe has produced. But Joe Roach has, was more than just the youth team coach. When Sean O'Driscoll left to become Doncaster manager, Roach took caretaker charge of the side with goalkeeping coach and ex-Wimbledon manager Stuart Murdoch. Murdoch was even interviewed for the role as manager, with the job eventually going to Kevin Bond. And Roach returned to his youth team duties, but Joe was often seen on the first team bench on a match day, um, helping out basically. Which sometimes Bondy O'Driscoll was sometimes on the bench helping out. Mm. Uh, but when Eddie Howe took over during the minus seventeen season, Joe supported Eddie and Jason on the sidelines. Um, Joe is pictured there with Brett Pittman at Exeter. Um, And below were some of the other minus 17 squad. um, Anton Robinson, Ryan Gary, current development squad manager, Alan Connell, and Liam Feeney. Um, Joe has played such an important part in the rise of this football club. In some respects, he's an unsung hero. Uh, In some ways, the players he brought through have gone on to make money for the club at a time when funds were much needed. As we will all remember, the administrator actually sold Sam Vokes to Wolves for around 500,000 at a time the club were trying to survive and he was a product of Joe's youth system. So yeah, really from all of us at up the up the cherries in all departments, uh, we say a thank you to Joe for his loyal service, all his hard work from the school of excellence to an academy level system. At the Cherries.
3: Yep. Very, very true. And
4: this is a big, big point for
3: me um, because without his hard work, of course, we got this new training ground that is being built at this moment in time and is going to be state of the art. Is going to be a tr- able to attract more talent, but it's getting that Academy into that place to be able to make that step in the first place if you haven't got any players coming through at all, then there's not much point. But from what Joe's already done, the players he's brought through, that makes it more than worthwhile. Um, so, you know, he's been a credit to himself, a credit to this football club. And of course, helped Eddie and Jason, um, you know, at a time when they were very, very new and fresh to the role. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, thank you so much, Joe, for all your hard work. And, um, you know, I'm sure that it'll always be remembered, all the work that you've put in. Um, But, of course, on to players that are leaving and one we knew about for some time, really, now. At Jordan Zamora, um, he's actually sent a farewell message to the club and its fans. Now, of course, there was a little bit of bad feeling at the time because there was, and misguided, I would say, is probably, you know, fair to say that, of course, he retweeted it. It was probably Eudonese's fault, but um, this is what Jordan Zamora says. uh, So Zamora sets apart the cherries and sends the fans, family and the club a message season officially over first of want or wanted to say thank you to my family and friends for their support throughout it all in a season that I will never forget playing in the biggest league in the world. Something that I will forever cherish and hold tight to me. Secondly, After all that's been said throughout the course of the last three months, I want to make it known that I am forever grateful to AFC Bournemouth for allowing me to showcase myself and trust in me. Thank you to all the staff across the club. They showed me love and care. To the fans, thank you for singing my name to the rooftops and for the love from day one. Something so special and will never be forgotten. No matter what was said, I came as a 19-year-old boy and I've grown with every step. For that, I am forever thankful. Wish nothing but the best for the club and my teammates who have helped me since I stepped into the dressing room. Once a cherry, always a cherry. Excited for the future to continue developing and working harder and achieving everything I set out to achieve in this game with God's grace and protection, I will number 33. And do you know what? That's quite nice. Actually, that's lovely. You know, after, I guess he's still a very, very young man, isn't he? And you know, he's got ambitions and he wants to play at the very top of this game. You know, it's a shame how it all happened and how it all evolved and how, um, he was basically frozen out of the side, but, um, you know, he's been fantastic. He's been instrumental in our promotion from the championship. Um, you know, he certainly enjoyed that. I can remember the pictures of him sat in front, front of yeah. that sign, the promoted yeah. sign. Um, and yeah, he's. Full credit, and you know, we do say thank you, Jordan, some more as well, um, for everything he's done at this football club. Um, I'm sure I echo the majority of fans when I say that,
4: yeah, yeah, I would agree with you, definitely. Um, shame, obviously, you know, it came out the way it did, um, yeah, but you know when he played for us, he did give 110%. And I do believe that if he carried on playing, he, he would have given 110%. But at the same Great. time, I do agree with the decision of the club um, to, you know, remove him from the squad because, you know, he would no longer be forming part of the plans for the future. Um, but yeah, you know, I mean, I personally wish him all the best at his new club. Um, and... Um, like he says, once a cherry, always a cherry. So good luck to him.
3: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Unfortunately, it's one of those where a player is misguided by somebody who is an agent. And unfortunately, it happens. Unfortunately, it happens. You know, we've seen it loads of times. It won't be the first time. It was, it's not. Well, it's not the first time. It won't be the last time. Um, I'm sure we'll see it again. i tell you what, shall we go on to, and this is sad. Should we go on to this one?
4: Yeah. Uh, gotta be done.
3: Uh, local man. I'm absolutely devastated about this. Absolutely devastated. You, you, you knew I would be though. Um, and it was gonna come at some point. And, um, that time, unfortunately, is now, you know, let's be fair. A player isn't somewhere forever. You know, we've had it with Brett Pittman. We've had it with Jan Kermigan. We've had it with players throughout our time. Sam Vokes, for example. Um, Name a couple more. Name a couple more. Nathan Ake, as well.
4: Um, I mean, in this day and age, you can name a lot of players. You know, it is longevity is not there anymore you know it's not like when you go back to the 90s and you know fletch was always there and then into the noughties fletch was always there you know you don't kind of get that loyalty no more that's that's not football money talks now that's that's what football is about unfortunately um Mm -hmm. and money has talked on this one i believe um but I don't really want to use this as a being a downhearted.
3: No, definitely.
4: I want to use this as a as a thank you because I've enjoyed watching Lerma play. Um, you know, he, he could have jumped ship when we got relegated. Agreed. Decided to stay for two seasons in the Championship. Fought with us. Got us back there. And I think it was his mission this season to make sure Bournemouth stay in the Premier League and leave yep. on a high. Now, whether he does go to Palace, you know, if he does, in some respects, feels like a kick in the nuts, shall we say. Um But, for what he's done for this club, um, you know, I just want to praise the guy, really, at the minute. Um,
3: Nobody can ever take that away, regardless of where he turns up. You yeah. know, if he I mean, turns I... up down the road, in, well, he won't go there in Southampton. But, you know, even if he did, for example, you know, nobody can take away what he's
4: done. He's He's been a real, real asset to this football club. And, you know, his statement on his Instagram page yesterday was heartwarming.
3: Yep. Yeah, um, it certainly and
4: was. Emotional, to be fair. Um, you know, I mean, there's some images here of him now on the screen. And, you know, there he is with Brooksy. That's after he scored his first goal for the club, I think, if I remember rightly. Um, yeah. You know, just... What a player. What a player. Um, and, and it's been a feature of our midfield for so long now that it, it will seem weird next season not seeing the number eight shirt with his name on it.
3: Yeah, I think, you know, he's been, he's conducted himself so well.
4: He's of a course, player here, isn't he? Don't you agree? I mean, he's Yeah, coming. exactly. And, you know, I mean, there used to be the running joke, you know, with, you know, is Lerma going to get booked today? You know, because he had, I think he had some stupid record of consecutive bookings, didn't he, in his first season, like, Denis, like literally every game I think he played, he nearly got booked and he had a couple of suspensions and that. Yeah, he
3: did. Yeah.
4: But over time, he's matured into a ball-winning midfielder, but someone who can also use the ball, create a bit, you know. Um,
3: This has been by far his best season. For this football club.
4: Without a doubt. I mean, without a doubt. Um, I mean, look at him. He, he's, what, 28 now? Yeah. You think when he signed for us, he was, what, 22, 23? Um, he's developed as a player. And he even said in his statement, didn't he, you know, he came here to develop as a player. And he has developed. And, you know, Jefferson Lerma, who first walked through the door, is not the Jefferson Lerma that's now walking out the door. Um, it's a totally, completely, not completely different player, but you know he's he's come here as a boy and he's now leaving as a man, shall we say? Um, yeah. And a real shame, you know, it is a real shame because you know we've all pleaded him to stay. Every, I think, every fan has pretty much wanted Jeff to stay. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't think there is a fan out there that's said a bad word about him recently. Um, I
3: ranted about it on a video for about, well, 15, 20
4: minutes, didn't <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was a painstaking 20 minutes, that. I you, <laughs> if you watched it, it's probably why you left.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah. In all seriousness, in all seriousness um, just... What can you say apart from thank you and good luck?
3: Yeah, I think, you know... Um, He's
4: been brilliant, you know. Hold on, sorry. Apart from if he does sign for Palace and when he plays against Bournemouth, I don't wish him any luck then at all. But other than that, I hope he gets, I hope he, you know, I hope he's successful.
3: Oh, yeah, most definitely. And I think, you know, even though, even though um, it's, it's gut wrenching, you know. By going to Palace, he's going into that midfield where they've got a lot of quality. Palace could do some damage next year to a lot of teams because if they've got Lerma, uh, Erebeschiezi, Michael Lise, um, they've got a lot of quality, lot of quality. Um, So, yeah, I can't do anything but wish him the very very best um, apart from when he turns up at Dean Court and when we go to Earth Park if he does end up there yeah so there we are there is Jefferson Lerma um, so an absolute legend let's have a look at another player and this one's actually been confirmed where he's going and this is oh. Jack Stacy
4: yeah Jack um yeah, I, I like Jack as I've said before. Um, yeah, he's a you know good crosser of the ball, loves getting forward. Um, he's a good win back. He really is. Yeah. Um, and I think he's he's made a very very good good move to be honest.
3: I think this is an outstanding move, and Jack has gone to
4: Norwich. Yeah. There's a little statement that norwich put on their website um which uh states that stacy has spent the last four years at bournemouth making 98 appearances for the cherries of which 27 were in their 2021-22 promotion winning campaign prior to his time on the south coast he featured in back-to-back promotions with luton town he was named as the hatter's young player of the season when they finished runners-up in League Two in 2017-18, before being named the club's Player of the Season for year, when they clinched the League One title. Bracknell, native, initially signed for Reading as a schoolboy before going on to make six appearances for the Royals. He also enjoyed line spells at Barnet, Carlisle United and Exeter City before permanently moving to Luton ahead of the 2017-18 campaign. At his contract signing, Stacey said, I'm really looking forward to getting started. It's a club where, whose ambitions match mine. One of the main things I spoke about with the head coach and with Stuart Weber is playing intense, fast, forward football. Something I believe will suit my style of play absolutely agree and something that i can fit into perfect that sounds perfect for a player like jack stacy absolutely perfect i'm really excited i feel like i'm coming into my peak years which he is i've got experience from being around different clubs i want to get back to the premier league and this is the perfect club to do that with now with jack i don't know if i've told the story before um We were going to St. Mary's um, when we beat them um, the last time, the season that we unfortunately were relegated. Mm -hmm. Um, And we just got off the train and we're walking through to the ground, obviously knowing where the ground is. So we're going through the back street, not far from St. Mary's Church, to be honest. And we noticed there was this bloke following us. We kept looking about, thinking, you know, is he Saints or what? So, anyway, my old man started speaking to him and said, hello, you know, you're right. And he said, yeah. He said, are "You, are you guys going to the game? And there's us dressed head to toe in like football gear. And we kind of all looked at each other and went, well, yeah. And um, he went, yeah, I'm lost. I don't know how to get to the ground. So we were like, oh, follow us, you know, come down. old man started talking to him and said, you know, who do you support then? He goes, well, he says, technically, I don't support either team. I'm a Tottenham fan. So we're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, but my son's playing today. And we were like, oh, yeah, who's your son? He's like, oh, Jack Stacey. Of course, then he started telling us about, you know, how Bournemouth started showing interest in Jack and when they come down to the club to view the club and how Eddie how treated them with so much respect and you know really made them feel at home and you know he was saying about how you know to Jack you know that this is you know this is the club for you to sign for you know you'll develop here you'll become a player and really really praise the club um yeah and we had a lovely of 20 minute conversation with him um, finally got to the ground and, and he had a seat can't remember where his seat was now I think it was in with the Bournemouth supporters actually um, and you know we said our farewells but you know he, he was chatting about you know Jack's time at Luton and how he started at Reading and and things like that so that was you know it was, it was lovely to to chat to him um, and like I say I, I've always rated Jack um, mm-hmm. And you know, I I personally wish wish the guy all the best, all the success at Norwich. Um, you know, to be fair, he's going to a decent football club. Um, a bit of a yo-yo, but yeah, nevertheless, a, a decent club.
3: I think you know he's he's been brilliant. You know, he's conducted himself well. He's filled in when he's needed to. Um I do question you know whether or not it would have been better to keep hold of Jack, but then again there's that question as well of do you hold back a player who is wanting to make more appearances who wants to get out there on the field and you know make a difference for a football club like Norwich and I think, you know, this is a perfect move for him. I think, you know, I think, it's...
4: I think this kind of goes back to last week, Craig, doesn't it? You know, when we were looking at the out-of-contract players. Yeah. And I said then at the time, you know, I would probably release Stacey. And, and yeah. for two reasons, not because I dislike the player. Um, but one for him. um, So he gets game time, which I think here he's potentially going to get game time. Yes. Um, and also it then frees up a space in our squad to bring more players in. So I I I think this is um a, a good move for both parties. Um, I'll always remember his goal against Blackburn. Um, yes. Can't say I was there, but I was watching it because obviously it was COVID at the time. Um, and yeah, I I fought under you know Tindall. And um, Woodgate and, and, and Parker, he, he might have got a bit more game time under those managers, but obviously, with the likes of Smithy, who's a long term pro, yeah, um, you know, he, he was always going to be up to the test to dislodge a player of that caliber. Um, but when he did play, <laughs> um, I, I always thought he was fantastic, so I wish him all the best.
3: Yeah, most definitely, most definitely. Should we have a look at another player that... It's not been announced that he's leaving, but... There's
4: been a sneaky little leak on Instagram. There has been, yes. Um, But it does look like that Junior will be be leaving us.
3: Yeah, yeah. And uh, again, a model pro being plagued by injuries, unfortunately you know, for quite some time now, but um, when he has played, you know, he's been brilliant, and in fact, you know, one thing that I was speaking to a couple of Everton fans about was I said, oh, Junior Stanislas might get, his could well be his last game, might get a run out, you never know, and they were like, oh my God, no, we don't want to see that. They were petrified, Junior Stanislas, and that goes to show how good good a quality
1: he is yeah Indeed. yeah Indeed. I, I remember sorry sorry I, I have this bad habit of doing that oh no oh, you can that manny i was just agreeing with craig you carry on <laughs> yeah we, we um that uh, as matt would say that segues back to the uh, to that um show where
2: ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well
0: the scene all of your mates around you've got your mcnugget share boxes ready to go partner this with your team playing champagne football perfect order mcdelivery now on the mcdonald's app there's nothing quite like a mcdelivery at participating
1: restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com we were talking about players who could end up leaving and i think we all came to the um uh conclusion that you know with his uh games drying up due to injuries it I mean, you can't really afford to be, um, you know, led by sentiment. And, um, I was even talking earlier on today about how sometimes as a player, you won't really get the uh, fond goodbye that you would like, but, um, -hmm. you know, that is some life and sometimes you have to move on and, uh, uh, you know, the club obviously have to have to do what's right for them. And I only hope that, um, he will find another club if he decides to continue, um, playing, um, 33 years old could certainly find a decent championship club or even um yeah, I think he might want to, you know, uh do uh some uh, do a Troy Dini and uh um, move to um uh a championship club to try to just um take himself away from the added um pressure being in that goldfish bowl and um just uh you know try and look to enjoy the game again. Yeah, definitely. I think
3: To be fair, it's it's actually funny, you know, with regards to mentioning Everton, um, because I think that's the game that really stands out for me. But, um, of course, there is... He was pivotal in that promotion season to the Premier League, the first time around. Um, And he's always been there. He scores some spectacular goals, doesn't he? You know, that's the thing, he's... Can you think, Matt, here we are. Here's one I'm going to throw at you. Can you think of a a junior Stanislas goal that wasn't special?
4: I'd have to pick penalties, I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) There weren't many goals, I don't think, that weren't special. Um, Mm. He was a good free-kick taker as well.
3: Yeah, very, very good free-kick taker.
4: You know, so from set pieces, he was really. I mean, I'm trying to remember a bad goal from him. Um, You know, is there is there even such a thing as a bad goal? Um, No, there isn't. They all, they all count. They all count. They do. Yeah. So, um, yeah. No, I think we should keep this on 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 the topic of uh, favorite goals. Yes.
3: That's what I mean, though. It, it, it's, it's to be fair, there was what no goal goal is that is, was
4: scrappy, really. What I'm trying to say is, is can you remember a tap-in? I'm sure there was, but not, you know, just with Junior, it just seems to be good goals that stick in your mind. Exactly. Um, you know, uh, did he score up at Burnley in the cup? Did he Did he go on a run with the ball and beat a couple of men in the cup time? Yeah, I think... Because yeah, I think... I tell you, it's it's, it's, a, it's a difficult one. I, yeah, was that the one during COVID? Yeah, it would have been COVID time. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm sure. I'm sure. And he picked um, the ball up and beat a couple of men and s- score a nice finish. I'm I mean, sure he did.
3: Yeah.
4: I mean, the one that will always stick in in my mind it was one of his free kicks, and I'm trying to remember what team it was and he just lofted the ball right over the wall and it dipped right at the perfect time Mm -hmm. to fly in. I can't remember what team that was.
3: Actually the one at Burnley away um, which was the 9th of February 2021 that was scored from the penalty spot but Sam Surridge got the first goal and if I'm right in thinking
4: he had quite a hand in that didn't he? Did he create the assist. I mean, this been so. I mean, it'd be it'd be lovely to have all his moments just on a DVD, wouldn't it? You know that could it would read, be. Yeah, his moments. Um, because you know, for a player in his position, you know, at times he was quite prolific. Um, but yeah, um,
1: yeah, I can't think of you know,
4: I can only just think of good things about Junior, really.
1: You know, oh. boys, it's one it's one thing you talk uh, you talk about the goals. I'm I'm actually surprised that none of you have mentioned one goal which led to one of um uh the club's most famous results, namely the uh two one win against Manchester United in 2015 2016 uh,
4: The corner, the direct corner, yeah. Oh, now, yeah
1: do you know what I
4: remember and so I was, was I behind the goal that day? I can't remember was I Anyway, I can just remember him swinging that ball in and you're thinking, that's a decent ball towards the back post. <laughs> Next thing you know, it's in the back back of the net. Yeah, yeah. No, Nobody else touched that ball. Nobody. That ball just flew in from his foot from that corner straight in.
1: Yeah. And you know, you... sorry, Matt. Sorry, Matt, please go. I was on. just
4: going to say, is. if you can see
1: it, do do look it up because it's... Uh, it was a fantastic corner, and that was Mate, I people. know. I'm. I was watching that right now, and of course, uh, Joshua King <laughs> got the winner from another corner. It was sort of played along the ground, um, That's right. and he just um, side-footed in past him, um, David De Gea. And how long ago was this? marianne Fellaini was playing for Manchester United. That
4: would uh, have been December. That was December the. I'm going to say December the eighth, 9th or tenth. Close twelve. Twenty fifteen. Yeah. Yeah. That, just that th- oh, sorry, Craig, I've just had a Oh sorry,
3: Craig, God, I've just had a thought of another is this one.
4: Lo- is this a long thought? No,
3: no, no. This is short thought. Um can you can remember you the can you remember the goal uh, and believe it or not, was this Everton where he struck it from way
4: out. And oh, it was about it, 30 it, yards it, out and it went corner. straight to the top corner, yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. sure that was Everton, wasn't it, that he I scored that against?
4: The same, that's the same season as Manny was talking about the Man United goal. That was the 3-3 free, free draw at home. I think we were 3-1 down, weren't we?
3: Yes, yeah. Yeah, uh, I think. Because Artur was... passed it into
4: him, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Maybe he, we... hit he hit that. I can't remember if he hit it laces or whether he side-footed it. I think he laces, I think. it it flew. Yeah. Yeah. I've got
2: that
4: here somewhere. I must look that up.
1: Yeah. The reason why, another reason why I also wanted to mention the game is that if both of you will remember, I don't know if you will, that actually, that game was really emotional because Harry Arter started for Bournemouth in that game just a few days after, tragically, um, he and his partner lost their um, child. I think um, he played... For almost the whole game before being taken off for um uh, uh what was his name um yeah Unano Kane in the 86th oh, yeah. minute and yeah, yeah. and uh, so it was wonderful that uh, uh, a match like that was um you know almost decided in a way by a special goal so I'm pretty certain Harry Arter will um you know have cause to you know remember that quite fondly and will probably you know um oh um junior a great deal in that respect a special place in his heart
3: yep completely agree completely agree so that is the players that are leaving at this moment in time yep you, you never know there might be some more outgoings um but there's definitely going to be some incomings uh without a shadow of a doubt and two players have already been mentioned. Um, And like I say, these are all rumours. These are rumours that are floating around the internet like wildfire at the moment. Um, So it might happen, it might not happen, um, and you you, you never know until it's confirmed. But here we go. The first one is Cherries are linked to former QPR star winger um, Bright see Samuel, I think that's how it's pronounced. say Samuel, I think. Osei Samuel, is it? say Samuel, yeah. yeah. Let's have a look. So Bournemouth and Leeds are in the picture to sign Fenerbahce's Bright Osei Samuel in the summer according to several media sources. It is reported his current club Fenerbahce are valuing the player around the £10 million mark, and we'll listen to offers if the money is around that mark. This signing has been said as one to watch, as it is, as it has it, been reported that Leeds United are interested, as well as Bournemouth and several other clubs. Um, so we carry on facts about him. Um, he was actually part of the Blackpool Academy and graduated to their first team, making his pro debut in 2015 against Sheffield Wednesday. Um, he was born in Akija, Nigeria. He and his family moved to Spain before moving to England and setting up in Woolwich, London. Then moved to QPR in 2017, signing a three-year deal. And then on the 15th of January 2021, he signed a pre-contract agreement to join Turkish side Fenerbahce on a four-year deal beginning in July 2021. Um, November 2022, he's called up for the Nigeria squad for the first time.
4: Right, just to touch on the um, signing for Fenerbahce. Yep. Um, Now, the four-year deal was set to start in the July, but because Mm -hmm. he'd already had the agreement with the club, um, QPR let him go by the end of that January.
3: Right, okay.
4: So, I don't know if that was a disruptive move by the player or or what, but he actually moved to Finnebatchie at the end of that month.
0: Mm -hmm.
4: So, yeah.
3: It's an interesting one, this. It's an interesting one because when he was at QPR, he was highly rated, wasn't he? And I don't think he's done a bad, you know, done too badly at Fenerbahce. He was relegated with Blackpool twice, but of course that was during that period of instability for their football club. Um,
4: yes, yeah, it was just a sad sight to see a football club being at that time. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Anyone got any ideas how old the player is?
1: He is 25 years old. Uh, He was born on New Year's Eve, 1997. So I'll tell you what, this particular, this guy, I mean, you know, he certainly would fit the um, age profile. And um, although the number of goals that he's scored um, if you take a look at his career total for Blackpool, QPR, and Tenobace, it's 21 from a uh, from almost um, 290 appearances in yeah. total. So you'd think that um, for a winger, he uh, you know um, um, the number of goals he scored isn't exactly very very high, but he also has been used as more of a wing back to provide. Possibly a little bit more in terms of um, assisting, assistance and maybe some uh, defensive cover if need be. So, I mean, at the age of 25, he can uh, get a little bit better, but I would like to see him score some more goals. That That's the one thing that would worry me. He, um, yeah. You'd think that if he was good enough to be able to be signed to play for um, Fenerbahce, who, of course, are one of the biggest clubs in Turkey, um, obviously they valued his um, talent. But even there with um, Fenerbahce, it's a question of near 95, uh, near 100 appearances and only three um, goals. I'm not too sure what sort of a role the uh, coach um, wants him to play. And uh, he's played um quite regularly 31 games, in fact, in 2021 22. And yet, um, uh, I mean, 21 this season, which um, I think might, might have been just um, I, I, I don't know if it's over yet, um, it, it might be over, getting over soon, but um, he still hasn't scored too many goals, and I think. If you want to scout him, you might really have to sort of look at him and find out what he can really offer to offer the team and maybe look at a few videos. And of course, he was called up to play for Nigeria last year, but has only earned three caps. Um, I don't know if he's really been, um, you know, given too many more chances. I suppose maybe a move away from Fenerbahce back to familiar territory could be um, appealing to him. And maybe he could um, start to, um, you know, turn it on. Who knows? I wouldn't necessarily go so far to say that he could be the new um, Stanislas, but um, I think it's, it's still a bit iffy about the goals, but maybe he's in need of a new challenge, perhaps. This one. And
3: to be fair, I said the same about Tavernier last season. And let's be honest. I was wrong about that. Um, This one doesn't... It doesn't feel like a right move for me because at the end of the day, we do have, you know, abundance of wingers. So you've got Atara, um, Tavernier, Christie, um, Jaden, Anthony. It's not really a position that we need, but he can play wing-back as well. And that, I think, is where... Maybe Gary O'Neill is looking at—he's quite adaptable, you know, quite fluid in that sense. But I just—I—I'm uh, not sure. I'm not sure. Um, and Matt, what's your thoughts on, um, say, Samuel?
1: Uh, you might need to keep talking, Craig. I mean, I've already given my thoughts. I yeah, think, I uh... think, yeah, I think. Um, mm, I
4: think. Yeah, I, I, I want uh... to. Um, it, to be honest, I want to have a look a little bit more in detail about the player before I would say a yay or a nay. Um. But I kind of agree with what Manny's saying. I am looking at his goal ratio, you'd expect a few more goals in return for his um you know for his amount of games in some respects. Um Yeah. Um but I'm gonna sit on the fence with this one because I don't know a lot about the player. Um then that's uh down to me for not doing my research. But um it, would I be surprised if they signed him? like Manny says, he's within sort of the age range. Um, mm. Would he come here and develop? Is there much more room for development? Um, the thing that stood out for me though, was was the Fenerbahce deal and how uh, I, I think he may have caused some problems to get out of his QPR contract early to, to go straight across to Fenerbahce. Um, but like I say, um, I don't know a great deal about
3: him. No, that's fair enough. That's fair enough, mate. And, well, you know, if, if he has, you know, worked his way out of that QPR deal and to get to Fenerbahce, is he a sort of player that we really want at AFC Bournemouth? Um, we we don't want disruptive influences, um, but... I'm not, I'm not questioned that there's not a talent there and I might be completely and utterly wrong, but I wonder if there's going to be better and better options that pop up during this window. Um, but there has been another player that we've been linked to and this one, um, actually has been playing in the champions league. Kondogbia. Kondogbia. Um, Manny, what, of course, you watch quite a bit of Champions League football, but can dogbia, what, what, what do you make of him and what he's done?
1: You know, he came to Atletico Madrid as a replacement for a certain Thomas Partey who ended up coming to Arsenal. Mm-hmm. And... Um, You know, he has, of course, some slotted into the team. And, of course, he was a part of the team that won the um, uh, La Liga crown that season. I think since then, you know, Madrid have sort of um, started to fall a little bit by the wayside. And there has, of course, been talk that maybe um, it's time for Simeone to leave because he's taken Madrid as far as they can possibly go. And uh, Atletico, obviously, having had a taste of winning La Liga, they've now set their sights on continuing to try and do as much as they can to keep challenging um, Barcelona and Real Madrid and uh, there's does there doesn't seem to be too many signs of them uh, being able to do that some of their players will be moved on and this guy with all of the experience that he has and the uh, clubs he's played for he's the perfect short term signing for a year with an option for a 12 month deal if things go really well but then that's it it's like what it's what we've done with um Jorginho Frello this season, when we brought him from Chelsea. Um, mm-hmm. he will, he'd will he play till the end of the season and I think he's exercised the option of um, a 12-month um, uh, deal to play um, in the Champions League for us. And again, of course, when you when certain players get older, if they continue to exceed expectations to do really well, you offer them uh, 12 months, some year after year. I think with Kondogbia, if you can uh, move in for him and offer him a chance to try and test his mettle in the Premiership, Central defensive midfielder, you know, this is a position where a lot of um, Frenchmen or players of um, African blood have excelled in the past. You think of people like Patrick Vieira, Carlo Kante, of course, and Partey, although he has um, dipped a little bit. He could very well be one of those players who will add a great deal to any team. And if you can sign him on um, a 12-month deal with a 12-month option and um, sort of um, help him add that you know, steal and bite to your midfield. I'd say, you know, why not? Yeah, no,
3: fair enough. I yeah. see the thing is, he's, um, he's been linked to us from a number of different sources. He's tough tackling midfielder, um, rumored to be a replacement for Jefferson Lerma. He's a defensive midfielder. Um, 30 years old, probably not where you know the sort of signing that the club would make but um you know he has got a lot of talent a lot of expertise um it's just a question of course he's got this year left what would be
1: too much to pay for a player like this i'm glad you asked that question craig because um i did mention that a club like atletico will obviously look to try and um you know, move on some of their players. I think um, when we signed um, Jorginho, I'm just going to take a look and see how much we uh, got him for, because I think given his age and the fact that he had a year left, um, we certainly weren't going to uh, get, uh, have spend too much money to get him Bear in mind. We were supposed to try and um, get, uh, you know, Moises Caicedo. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Uh, Jorginho signed for Premier League Club Arsenal on the 31st of January. That's the last day of the window on a one-and-a-half-year contract. So this is a one-and-a-half-year contract, actually. So he will definitely play um, for this uh, upcoming season, guaranteed. And he could have an option of playing until 2025. And the transfer fee was £12 million. Pounds. So I stand corrected on Jorginho. And uh, £12 million was, um was, uh, you know, a cut-price deal for a guy of his... Um, you know, experience and quality. Take a look at his uh, accolades for Chelsea, Champions League, uh, Europa League, uh, Super Cup and Club World Cup in 2021. He was a big part of um, Tuchel's team that time around. Um, Didn't win an FA Cup or a League Cup, but who needs all of that when you've got such big uh, trophies? And, of course, with Napoli, he was um, a Coppa Italia winner, Super Coppa Italia, and, of course, um, decorated international for... Italy, a part of the uh, European Championship winning team. So to get him for $12 million was a steal. And I would take a look at the season he had with us and say that although he had one or two games where he could have been, um, he probably played a little bit below his standards and maybe, you know, um, he showed a lack of stamina. I think with his age and experience, he started to understand what um, the coach wanted him to do and um, during the last few games of the season he actually outshone um, party in many ways so a guy like kondogbia who has the experience he has will also be smart enough to know the um role um that the coach will expect of him and how he should um, be able to slot into that team and um i would say that um you know it's it's um, it would it would be um good to buy him and Madrid, obviously, if they are willing to let go a player who only has one year of his deal, they're certainly not going to stand in his way if he wants to leave and, um, you know, apply his trade elsewhere. It won't necessarily be um, a really, you're not going to get him on a free transfer, that's for sure. But it won't be that exorbitant of fee that you will be completely put off by him. I would say, um, let me put it this way. If you are asked to pay close to 20 million for him, then it could be a bit of a a ripoff. I would say 15 million or even less, 12 to 15 or less than that. Um, Anything just above 10, go for it. I remember, you know, I, I seem to remember him
3: at Inter years ago and he's strong. He's tough. You know, he's hard and that has all the signs of what, you know, Lerma is. But, Of course, Kondogbia has got that experience on a different level. So maybe it's a case of Lerma, you know, of course, younger player, um, very, very talented player, and, you know, will go on to great things. Kondogbia has been there and done that, got the T-shirt, maybe coming to the twilight of his career, but can still do a hell of a job for this football club. So... I think, you know, I I think it makes sense. I think it makes sense. Again, like I say, it's all rumours that are circulating at the moment, but that is what is rotating around the internet. There'll be lots of rotating around the internet. There'll be players that we get linked to that will think, oh, do do we really want to sign them? There'll be players as well where people think... Crikey, you know, that'd be amazing. You know, um, I've even seen, and to be honest, uh, this is a load of rubbish, to be fair. But somebody on Facebook was saying, Lionel Messi wants a new challenge. Why don't he come to Bournemouth? Um, That that person, which, you know, put that, no, 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 no. It's not going to happen unless you've just gone and won the lottery. But even then, I think you might struggle. Yeah, It sells some,
4: sell some serious shirts, wouldn't he?
3: It would do. It would would do, but at the same time, it's not gonna happen. <laughs> so yeah, I'm very sorry it's, to let down.
4: If he wants to come over, we've got the number seventeen free. Yeah. Number
1: eight free. Take your pick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um <laughs> for him it's either the number ten or add a pinch to number thirty or nothing. Nineteen could also definitely work because I believe that was the number he wore when he first started playing for Argentina, but um, uh, that's not going to happen. I think that is is hot stirring in excelsis. So to the guy who, uh, to the person who said that, knock it off.
3: Yeah. Don't worry. You know who you are. I'm not going to embarrass you on this show. All right. But you know, you have just, you, you, you come out and said, Oh, Messi wants a new challenge. You know, why don't we sign him? No. We we are we are realists here. Yeah, he probably he probably was messing around. Just, to be fair,
4: just realised that I had changed my calendar over. There look, we are. Let's have a, a look. look. The whole month.
3: Oh, there is Jefferson and Phil Bill. You know, hopefully, hopefully one of them will be staying. You know, surely that that wouldn't happen. That wouldn't happen. Jefferson's already leaving, but Phil Bill is staying. Of course, we did our Hall of Fame, didn't we? Well, you did. <laughs> oh, yes, I did. I I, I picked the player. Um, and shall we oh, see the players? The players? Um, shall we see who won?
4: Yeah, let's bring it up. Let's do it. Drum roll, please. Drum roll, ladies and gents, and the winner is Mark Pew. Oh. There we go. He joins the others in the uh, Hall of Fame. Yep, certainly does. This is the last Hall of Fame, obviously, um, until August. Uh, It will resume back in August uh, when the season kicks off. Um, And here is the percentages. um, Nearly 50% of the vote that PUE I had a sneaky feeling he would win this one, to be fair. Um yeah, yeah, I did to be honest. Craig, take it away. What 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 kind of player, what, what did you love about him? He was, tr-
3: he was tricky, he was skillful, um, you know, he would cut inside players. Um, on that left-hand side, but also he used to mix it up. Um, Let's be fair, there's one goal that will stick in everybody's memory for forever, forever, and that is the goal against Bolton that got it all started um, and that dramatic night. So, yeah, he, of course, signed from Hereford for what was a very nominal fee at the time and um rose with the club um and at no point at no point did he look out of his depth that was the crazy thing about mark Pugh, was he he never looked out of his depth at any point during his career um you know i remember it was um a game against chelsea and he was taking on players and turning them inside out and just like they were playing for Bolton Wanderers those years before.
4: Um, no disrespect to uh, Bolton Wanderers, obviously.
3: <laughs> oh, no, no, no disrespect to Bolton or Wanderers. But, you know, that that was Mark Pugh. You know, there was no limit. There was no limit. You know, be it he was playing against a team right down the bottom of the, the pyramid or a team right at the very top of the pyramid. You I mean... Know,
4: yeah, you've hit the nail on the head there. I mean, he didn't look out of place, did he? Um, no. You know, whether he was playing in League One or the Premier League, he always seemed to adapt to the league that he was playing in. Um, one thing that's always sort of griped me a little bit is when sometimes you would see Puyi not in the squad. Um yeah. a, s- a certain player on the bench... And you just knew that player on the bench was not as committed as Pewey, mm. and wouldn't give as much on the pitch if he did get on. Um, and you're thinking, well, Pewey's not even on the bench. Um, you know, that's that. I always used to think, why well, was this player ahead of ahead of Pughie? Um, Because even on the bench, you know, he was always he was always a better option, I think, than the player that would get on there um gentleman and he i mean i've had several conversations with him recently yeah um sam has had the pleasure of um going out for a drink with him at a conference that they've been at together um just a lovely lovely bloke you know and it yep. takes you know will take his time to always speak to speak to fans and you know, you, you don't always get footballers like that. Um, and he's just a genuinely lovely guy as well. He really is. He's never changed from when he first joined the club
3: from Hereford all the way up to when he left the club. You know, he never, ever changed. He always gave 110%. Um, of course, he went to QPR after he left Bournemouth. And um, even there, you know, fans of QPR speak highly of him. He wasn't there for very long. but And Hull City. And Hull, yeah. Yeah, I forgot about Hull. But, you know, again, 110%. And that was always the gripe. When, when you did look at that squad and you thought, where is Mark Pugh? And you knew that the player that was not in the squad was one of, if not the most dedicated in that team. He was, you know, it was a special period for this football club, but Mark Pugh did stand out. And I'm not surprised by the result. You know, everybody knows how much I love Cookie. And I think, you know, he's brilliant. Um, Tommy Elphick was the captain Um, he was excellent. He led by example, but there was something different about Mark, wasn't there? And there was something that just shone, just shone, you know, um, and he was there from, you know, it was such a nominal fee. How much was the fee? I can't remember again. Wasn't it something stupid, like
4: 40,000 or something silly like that? Uh in all honesty, I thought that he I thought he was a free transfer, but I might be wrong. I think it might have gone to tri- tribunal.
1: Yeah, um, I've got the details here, boys. Um oh, there we are. He si- uh, 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 um when he signed for the club, um uh obviously you were in League One, it yes. was on the fourth of June 2010 on a three year contract, and it was a compensation fee, as said. A fee of £100,000, which was decided by that tribunal, supposedly uh, yes. quite excessive by the then vice chairman, Jeff Mostyn. But uh, I'll tell you what, Worth his that, is pa- that, that has to be pound for pound, penny for penny, yeah. uh, the uh, best purchase um, the club could ever make.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, £100,000 to the club then when he
4: signed was a lot of money. But when yeah. you think of what he achieved at the club, like you say, Manny, pound for pound, penny for penny, without a doubt, without a doubt. Oh, completely agree. When you think about know. how much money he's at the club by getting them promoted to the Premier League, and, he, and, he, and they paid hundred grand for him, paid for himself a hundred times over, didn't he? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It's, it's um. It's yeah fantastic and uh, I, I i did think it went to some sort of compensation tribunal type thing but yeah so mark Pugh then um is our yep. last entry for the 2022-23 season into our hall of fame so if we just have one quick recap yep just before our... we
3: go on to that um you know just to correct myself um i did mention there forty thousand. um It wasn't 40,000 at all for Mark Pugh, but it was 40,000 for Harry Arter. So I had um, Arter's transfer figure mixed up with Mark's.
4: So as it stands, our Hall of Fame contains the mighty Steve Fletcher, Luther Blissett, Neil Moss, Matt Holland, Ted McDougall, Harry Redknapp, Ian Cox, Arta Barch, Paul Morrell, John Williams, Darren Anderton. And joining them tonight is Mark Pugh. So that is how the Up the Cherries and All Departments Hall of Fame currently looks. And it will turn in August where yep. we will be asking fans from next season to nominate three players a week to be voted for
3: and if you want to know where to actually get involved in that join the facebook group all you have to do is facebook.com forward slash utc iad nice and easy join that group and then ping it in a new topic to us you can do that anytime during the summer as well we will get yeah. to them um...
4: definitely. definitely well definitely great
3: it has been an eventful season um and now i think it's quite nice to put our feet up and take some rest but not quite not quite there is a special interview coming up yeah there
4: certainly is you want me to take it away craig
3: you take it away
4: matt take it away okay so Join myself on Saturday, the 3rd of June, this Saturday coming at 8pm for a premiere of My Evening with Danny Thomas. Um, Danny signed for Bournemouth from Leicester in 2001 um, and was part of the successful playoff squad of 2003. Um, But we talk about the whole of his career from how he got involved in football, Um, to signing for Leicester, moving to us at Dean Court. Um, Then we follow through the rest of his career, which actually, to be fair, is really quite eventful, Mm -hmm. including um, appearing in a certain European competition. But I won't give it away. You've got to tune in. Um, Right up until present day, um, and Harry transitioned from a footballer into his current job role. So a really good insight into his career um so yeah join us on saturday at 8pm for the live premiere there we
3: go and to actually watch that um all you need to do hit that subscribe hit the bell um and it will be appearing in the next couple of days as well so you'll see it it'll pop up um and you can actually set a reminder on there so Hit the subscribe, hit the bell, and it will even tell you when the rem- it is ready to set the reminder for. So, there we go. You know, it'll be a very, very good evening and very, very interesting evening as well.
4: Yeah, it was a, it was a good interview to do, um, and uh, it, lovely guy, lovely guy, yeah. um, and um, I learned a lot about him that I didn't actually know. Uh, so there were some surprises in there. Um, So yeah, definitely tune in. Excellent.
3: Excellent stuff. Well, that concludes cherry picking for this season. Um, We will be back with more cherry picking come August. So we will be doing shows, like I say, um, throughout. We'll have the shirt show coming up. We'll have hopefully some other player interviews. Um, We'll have all bits and pieces dotted around any transfer rumors as well.
4: No doubt a little video will be made about those. Um, I'm sure anything... Craig will find five minutes during his day just to make a random video. So you, you ain't going to go hungry. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But there's Also, there's also, um, also in late July, will be the um, 2003 payoff. Of course, yes. um, We'll be uh, looking back at 20 years of um, that legendary final in Cardiff. So, And there's also that to look forward to. Um, So, yeah, a little break for a little while and then uh, straight back on it. Yeah, most definitely. Craig's usually bored,
1: so you're bound to have a video at some point. The calm before the storm. I absolutely love it, gentlemen.
3: Yeah, there'll be a video every day there, won't there?
4: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hi, I'm Craig. Wrong. Welcome to Up the Cherries in all departments. On that board, I just wonder what colour you think I should paint this wall. <laughs> <laughs> That's beside me. How about wearing black stripes? Do you think the wife will like it? (laughs) Uh,
1: Thanks for reminding me. My wall needs a paint job too.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
3: dear, oh, dear. You've got
4: the white there, Manny. You just need a splash of white. uh, A splash of red. Oh, yeah. Red, definitely, definitely. Yeah, red with the white. There you go. Job done. (laughs) Well...
3: I think that concludes this season's cherry picking. So, Matt, thank you again and see you on Saturday.
4: Why are you going to see me on Saturday? For the Danny Thomas interview, of course oh right i thought that was just false of habit that you always say at the end of every cherry picket see you on saturday for the game yeah down down the golf club <laughs> yeah <laughs> down there on your own, mate. <laughs> yeah exactly exactly but yes, do, but yes do please tune in craig yes
3: and um, manny pleasure as always to see you and no doubt we'll catch you up during the summer at some point won't we
1: absolutely absolutely you can't keep me down i mean it might be nice to sort of take a bit of a break from the football once the uh cup tournaments get over but uh you know we do have the women's world cup um i might possibly yes. be uh you know we're uh, doing some work um on that with a few mates of mine and um we might actually get to talking a little bit about that um at some stage soon but uh yeah you're not gonna you're not gonna lose me for long gentlemen no problem well, everybody, until the next
3: show, of course, next season on Cherry Picking, we'll do other shows. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. We won't, we won't leave you without. It's goodbye from me. It's goodbye from them. And thank you for joining us. And up the cherries. We'll see you in the next one.